A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. Yes, indeed. Welcome into Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins alongside you for the next 30, 45 minutes as we talk through truth or fiction. Tuesday. Now, you guys can participate on Truth or Fiction Tuesday going forward, especially if it's me, myself, and I, and you having a conversation. Do so by following at the Cop and Show, you know, that thing that's right above you if you're watching on our Rumble page, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Getter. Uh, but most importantly, um, I put the tweet out there. So you guys, if you have a statement that you would like me to discuss, if you, if you are thinking about something that you believe to be truth or fiction, send out that statement. Let me know on the news of the day or on anything. Let me know and you can participate in the show. So what is coming up on today's show? Well, of course, we're going to be talking about the great <gasps> Nancy Pelosi didn't get a chance to receive communion except for she did and what the hell's going on uh we'll, we'll talk about that we're going to talk about the world economic forum bringing the crazies to the stage and to the protest stage and of course uh, we're going to round the bases in baseball and, and talk about uh jackie robinson um yes believe it or not jackie robinson is in the news and and we'll discuss all of those things. But before we get into any of that, I thought it was time for um, some deep thoughts brought to you by Kamal Harris. You know, when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. Children of the community. You see, because if you just smile and emphasize the same thing that you said two seconds ago, that doesn't well, we're screwed. We're, seriously, we're just just 
screwed. I, I don't know how to put it any other way. I keep coming back to this point. How is it possible that these individuals have... So one of two things has to be possible here. Either this is all part of some sort of spirit of the age plan, or these people have managed to surround themselves, and by these people, I mean Kamala Harris, our vice president, and President Joseph Marionette Biden, have managed to surround themselves with some of the most politically inept, absolute morons I have ever seen. And why do I lean towards the first instead of the latter? Because we, even in the Barack Obama administration, even during the Trump administration, even during George W. Bush's administration, they got the deficits of their bosses, whether that would be Mike Pence, whether that be Joe Biden in this case, because what did they do when Joe Biden was vice president? They largely just gave him stuff that he could go away with, right? And and not really be involved, quote unquote. But during George W. Bush's administration, he was prone to, you know, quirkiness within his language, right? So what did they do? They coached him to play off of that, right? Knowing that he's going to make some verbal mistakes, but play off of it. Be playful with it. You know that Kamala Harris is an absolutely terrible off-the-cuff speaker. You don't let her speak off the cuff. Everything is on a teleprompter. You know that Joseph Marionette Biden is absolutely insane. Dementia-riddled. Potentially with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. In my view, he's likely ha- he likely has early onset. Well, not early onset, but... He has early signs of Parkinson's, the shuffling of the feet, the just not being there, but then being lucid at times. I've seen it in my own life, grew up with it. The lucidity and then gone. The one day totally fine being able to walk and the next day can't even get out of a chair. Seen it. So why would you put these people in the positions that you're putting them in? If not, that they're the useful tools of the spirit of the age. And the spirit of the age is looking to do what? To destroy the American way of life. The spirit of the age is here to set upon the age of darkness. We're talking spiritual darkness. We're talking political darkness. We are talking about that great reset that our friend Klaus Schwab, who will make an appearance a little bit later in this show, exists. We are talking about that darkness. How else can you explain this? Because they theoretically should not be surrounding themselves with people that stupid that would let them do these things to themselves over and 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 over again. I could play a clip a day of Kamala Harris 
talking like this. Deep thoughts with Kamala Harris, right? Deep thoughts. How? How are you that inept at your job? Your job is to make them look good. Now, I would argue that's a very difficult job, especially with Kamala Harris. But that notwithstanding, how do you do that to these people? If not the spirit of the age working through you. If not the spirit of the age already gripping our nation. I, I just, I don't get it. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. But you know what? I think it is time for us to move forward because we've got AOC, we've got The View, we've got all these people in a hollow blue over the Archbishop of San Francisco and the Catholic Church um, deciding to write a letter denying Holy Communion to one Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, that super devout Catholic who's pro-baby murder. And I want you to listen to like what Whoopi has to say here, because the truth or fiction of this is the Catholic Church has no say. Truth or fiction, the Catholic Church should have no say in the politicians' belief systems. Welcome to The View, y'all. The abortion rights battle is starting to blur the lines between church and state. The Archbishop of San Francisco is calling for Speaker Nancy Pelosi to be denied receiving communion because of her pro-choice stance. He's one of the priests who also called for President Biden to be denied sacrament. This is not your job, dude. That is not, you can't, that is not up to you to make that decision. You know, what is the saying? It's kind of amazing. Uh, but, you know, what is the point of communion, right? It's for uh, sinners. It's the, for, the, for sinners. It's the reward of saints, but the bread of sinners. How dare you? How dare you? That is, if Pope Francis says that that's the issue. But She goes on to say, well, Pope Francis doesn't believe in... Um, in denying communion over the issue of abortion, except for he's never said that. Not once. He has never said you you cannot deny communion over abortion. Not once. There's nowhere, no way, no how can you find that. The implication here is that how dare you make a political decision except for here's the rub in all of this. That's not the Catholic Church's teaching on this. It is not a political teaching. This is an absolute moral decision of the Church. The Church's morality, the moral teaching, there's no such thing as a political teaching in the Church. It's why people like myself have fought this current Pope. Because he is attempting to use liberation theology, which is a bastardization of the Catholic faith, into Marxist ideology. It's why people like me have spoken up against this current pope in his politicization of the faith. 
This is not a political issue. This is a moral absolute in the church. This is a non-negotiable in the faith. If you are out of step with this, communion denial is the right first step. Now, that's not your job. I, I hate to break it to Whoopi and every single other person, including two people who claim to be Catholics on that dais. <coughs> Excuse me. That is exactly the job of the archbishop. That is exactly the job of a bishop or a priest. It is exactly the job of Pope Francis himself. And what do I mean by that? There is a hierarchy inside the Catholic faith. It's layperson, deacon, who is a layperson, priest, bishop, archbishop, cardinal, which, whichever one you want to put in there, depending on the ordinate ordination of that individual and the makeup of that diocese. And then the Pope. It is just that simple. They have that authority within the church. So yes, they have every right when you are violating a moral absolute of the church to ask you to come back to the faith. And when you continue to deny those moral absolutes, when you continue down the path of sin, they have the right to deny the Eucharist, communion, however you want to put it. They have that absolute right as a tool to get you back in step with the church. And why does it exist? Well, I want you to know this. The other thing that Whoopi said there is about communion, right? Communion is for the sinners. No, no not in the Catholic faith at all. That, that may be what some Protestant faiths believe. That may be what some other uh, Christian faiths believe, but not in the Catholic Church. Timothy Gabrielli, um, <clears throat> talking about uh, the chair of Catholic intellectual tradition, has this to say about communion. The first thing that you need to know before I even get into his words is this. Catholics do not believe this to be something that is what? Symbolic. This is the important difference. This is one of the differences and one of the 95 theses that was nailed to the church door by Martin Luther. Catholics believe the Eucharist, the communion. There's a reason why you go through a blessing ceremony and the reason that you go through all the things that, that go into the Eucharist and into communion. We believe the communion, the bread and the blood, to be the really present Christ in that communion so that this 
truth that you can become Christ in the world. Now, Timothy Gabrielli says this, Catholics believe that when one consumes the Eucharist, one is incorporated into Christ and becomes bonded to others who are also part of the body of Christ on earth. It is not simply a matter of individual belief, but of church unity and the mission of being Christ in the world. That's why it is so very important. This is the body and the blood of Christ within you. This is not symbolic. This is the present Christ in your body and in your blood. <clears throat> That's our belief. You can you can poo-poo that. You can have a different belief. That is fine. I don't care about that. But that is my faith, and that is my belief, that when I eat that bread and when I drink that cup, Christ is present in me. That's my belief. That is why this is a sacrament in the Catholic faith. Now, Gabrielli continues to say this, to set oneself outside of the practice of communion or to be set outside of it by another, meaning to be put away from communion is to be apart from the very practice that incorporates one into the body of Christ. And if you are such a devout Catholic as one Nancy Pelosi claims to be, here's the truth. That set aside by the Archbishop of San Francisco, that denial of communion is a denial of the body of Christ in you. It is one of the one of the most damaging and damning things that a Catholic could experience. Because to have the body and the blood of Christ working within you, within communion, is to help you do his work so that his work be done. And I could go on and on and on, but this idea, you just took a non-Catholic belief about communion, wherever the hell you read that from, wherever the hell you got it from, Whoopi Goldberg, it is not Catholic in any way, shape, or form. That is not a Catholic belief about communion. It is not about sinners and everybody being equal. That's not what this is about. This is about the unity of Christ within the community. Sinners, saints alike, right? I get that part of it. But it's about unity. In the mission of being Christ in the world. That is something that is one of the most basic tenets of Catholicism. It's one of the things that you learn the most and why the sacrament of First Communion is so very vital and is taught at in a very important age. Most of the time, it's second grade. Most of the time, it is when you begin your journey in understanding your own relationship with Christ. Now, 
That's why the Archbishop set aside Nancy Pelosi, so that she can get right with the moral teaching that abortion is wrong and it is murder of a child. That is a non-negotiable moral teaching of the Catholic Church. Now, in the view, they go on to talk about the separation of church and state and how dare they, in the Catholic Church, tell Catholic politicians how Catholic they need to be. They go on to talk about how you are, you are politicizing the church and using the church as a weapon, and you are attempting a theocracy, right? We saw this with AOC and her absolutely insane rant on abortion the theocratic, authoritarian, blah, 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 however many buzzwords you could put together in all of this. I, I, I just, I really, really, really struggle with that argument because here's the reality. There's no such thing as separation of church and state within the Constitution of the United States, at least not in so much as what the left teaches us. The only separation that exists in the Constitution of the United States and leftists, come, come, come in real close, and even a lot of libertarians come in real, real close, real close. The only separation of church and state that exists within our constitutional framework is this. The government may not establish a national religion, a.k.a. the church of England. That's it. They they weren't saying that you cannot have faith married to government. You, that, or that faith cannot inform political opinions. Or that faith cannot drive policy. That is never what they've said. In fact, one of the most famous quotes is uh, John Adams saying our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. But, folks, there is a much, much greater uh, tell to that entire quote. In fact, I'm going to put it up on the screen right now for you. So, if you're not watching, please do so. Rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Subscribe. Make sure you don't miss anything over there. But... John Adams, the full quote on this is, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Now, the key word there for me is unbridled. Human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Unbridled is what? What is the definition of that? It is an adjective, first of all. And it means to be uncontrolled or unconstrained. Just wild, free, however you want to put it. Unrestrained, uncontrolled, uninhibited, unrestricted. However you want to put it. We have no government, again, let me put this quote back up here for you. 
We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. No government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. That is literally saying to us, and in the second half tells us this, that our founding fathers believed that the Constitution can only work and our society can only work by those guideposts of morality and religion. That government must be set up by people who are guided by those principles. Notice how they didn't say Christianity, although <clears throat> the vast majority of them were Christians, by the way. They said morality and religion. They also said the government may not establish a national religion. Not that you couldn't practice Christianity within religion or Buddhism or anything else. Lord knows we're seeing a lot of, I would argue, the spirit of the age and Satanism wide-ranged in our government and in our institutions today. How else do you explain State Farm? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is queer, apparently. Right? We, we see this story of State Farm um, deciding to give money to an organization who is now handing out uh, books on literally having sex to five-year-olds inside the state of Florida in response to the uh, parental rights and education bill. And then, oh boy, we got caught. And by the way, they got caught by their own employees. Their employees, when they found out about this, leaked it to the high heavens. Turns out when people inside the organization, those independent contractors, those independent agents of State Farm have problems with State Farm doing something, um, their tune changed real quick. But that's neither here nor there. The point of the matter is this. There's no such thing as separation of church and state. And our founding fathers firmly believed that our government and our constitution could only work if it was put in by the guideposts of morality and religion as its foundation. Once we go off of those rails or, or once that foundation starts to leak and crack, our government doesn't work. And there's the truth or fiction. Truth or fiction, our government doesn't work today. I think that's 100% truth. It's 100% true. Our government doesn't work no matter what party you subscribe to or subscribe to or bend towards. The Libertarian Party internally is as dysfunctional as ever. The Republican Party literally stands for nothing. I couldn't tell you. And it's why we highlighted Rick Scott's plan for America. Because at least it was a plan that somebody thought of inside that party. Could not tell you what the plan for the future or what forward thinking, or more importantly, even if you wanted to go backwards, what ways are they going to revive liberty? 
to talk about uh, the 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 uh, cat out of the bag podcast that's coming your way soon from yours truly and a few other people that you might know helping behind the scenes. I, I just I, I'm failing to understand this. I am also failing to to understand how you think that the Democrat Party is functional, is helping. Look at the decisions that have been made in the Joe Biden administration and tell me those are helpful decisions. Who could have seen inflation? Who created inflation? Oh, um, the decisions of uh, Anthony Fauci, Deborah Birx, and uh, Donald Trump. And Mike Pence. And ironically, the decision of Ron DeSantis to say hell no to the government that was still run by who was in power? Oh, that's right, Donald Trump at the time. And then the Biden administration saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to listen to you anymore. We're open. See you later. Right? That decision turned out to be economically smart, spiritually smart. Um, and educationally smart. But I want you to think about that. I, I, I want you to think about that. I just, I, I fail to understand how we can look at this situation and think that we're healthy as a society. I, I just, I fail to understand that. I fail to understand how you can look at this debate and then decide, oh, because I don't like the other side's opinion, it, it, it's bad because politics, and I'm, I'm going to ascribe a political situation here. Here's the reality of this. Inside the Catholic Church, for people who have that deep-rooted Catholic faith, as allegedly Nancy Pelosi and as allegedly Joseph Mary Nett Biden do, this is an absolute moral question. That's it. Now, beyond the moral question, there's also scientific evidence, there's also logical evidence, and all sorts of other things. We don't even have to talk about the morality from our Catholic faith, to be able to debunk the abortion question and, and to do, debunk the, the, the pro-abortion movement. We don't even have to go down that road to do so. But yes, how dare the archbishop? It's about freaking time that these people do it. And then, of course, we've got the, whoa, who, who are you to, to question morality when, when your, uh, your faith hid sexual predation? You're right. It did. And that is an absolute moral failing of the church. But notice who called it out. Notice who was doing the job. Notice that. The people inside the church. That's who. 
The people inside the church called it out. Yes, it is an absolute moral failing. Here's a reality, though. Whether you are a priest, whether you are the pope who is supposed to represent the, the, the closest thing to God here on earth inside the Catholic Church, right? The, the lineage of Christ within the Catholic Church. That's what the representation is. Are we Christ? Is that person Christ? No. We're all going to fail morally. We're all going to sin in this life. What do you do about it is the question. Those individuals who covered it up, those individuals who um, sent people to other parishes in hopes that this or that weren't going to happen anymore, they're all moral failures. Absolutely are. Did they repent of their moral failings? Did they pay the price? That is the question. And until they do, we should be mindful of that. We should be vigilant of that. We should call out their moral failings. Just like I call out my own moral failings and my own sin in my own life. And then you repent. But just because somebody has some moral failing in their life doesn't mean they don't have the right to call out an absolute moral failing from somewhere else. Doesn't mean, well, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house, right? I shouldn't throw a moral stone. If I I were somebody in in the cover-up of pederasty and pedophilia inside the Catholic Church, I sure as hell don't have the right to do that when it comes to the Southern Baptist Conference, right? But... When there's an absolute moral teaching within inside the Catholic Church that has something to do with something else, absolutely I do. We all sin, as long as I'm repentant in that sin. You don't get to hang that sin around my neck for the rest of my life unless I am somebody who committed the, the pedophilia or the pederasty. Then yes, God's judgment will be done upon you. But in this lifetime, you deserve jail. You deserve whatever uh, the, not just moral, but judicial laws are on the books when it comes to that. Absolutely. But to sit there and, and say, well, because you failed at this, we're all sinners. If that is the case, nobody has the right to, to tell another person anything or teach somebody anything at all, period. That is an absolute asinine stance to have on anything. Well, I can't I can't have an opinion and express that to somebody else because I had a moral failing in this aspect of my life that had nothing to do with that other aspect. Or more importantly, even in that aspect, if I'm repentant in it, teach them the error of their ways. In fact, we see that quite often inside the the abortion debate, right? People who had abortions and regret them, or people who were about to have an abortion and didn't because of uh, pregnancy centers or pro-life centers or whatever, or prayer or consultation with their church officials. 
whatever have you. It's an absolutely insane standard to have to live up to. Now, let's move forward from that moral question and that moral dilemma to um, the WEF, the World Economic Forum in uh, Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Um, I've got two sides of the same insane coin for you, so I'm just going to play these. Well, maybe not back to back. But let's go ahead and play the uh, the protesters first outside in Davos. Um, as I'm here with patriotic millionaires from the UK, and we're protesting here at the World Economic Forum in Davos. As an organisation, we're lobbying for increased taxes on the rich and to change the tax burden away from the poor to the rich. And so we're lobbying the people here in Davos today. We've written to the delegates asking them to support our call for a different tax system. And we're here with some 99% people as well. So we've got the 1%, the millionaires and the 99%. And we're here with a common agenda. And actually this united front saying we need less inequality. We need better tax systems. We need fairer tax systems all around. And at the moment we have this crazy situation where in many countries ta um, tax on, on wealth is taxed at a lower rate than tax on working people. And that's just, it's unfair, it's unjust. And we need to change that. Just because you're in power... Ah, uh, yeah, the uh, the the mighty tax the wealthy, tax their wealth. See, this is the sleight of hand that is at play here. Truth or fiction? The wealthy don't play, pay their fair share. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Because to this group, it's about the wealth, and but it's also about the income. Of all the uh, the working people, right? All of us working stiffs out there. Except for... Um, let's just see. Income and wealth are what? Not the same. They're not the same. So I'm going to go fiction on this. The wealthy pay their fair share because how how do you expect the the people to be able to have a $50,000 a year job if somebody who's are you saying the government should provide the job and that we're going to tax the wealthy quote unquote until they're wait a second not wealthy anymore and then they get a government job I'm trying to follow the logic here uh, because in a capitalistic society, what's the first part? What's the root word of capitalism? Capital. Meaning what? Resources. Money. Ingenuity. Investment. Are, are, are you saying the government is going to be providing the capital? Uh, to that end, uh, <clears throat> Klaus Schwab speaking at the opening of the World Economic Forum 2022. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as 
you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. But two conditions are necessary. The first one is that we act all as stakeholders of larger communities, that we serve not our only self-interests, but we serve the community. That's what we call stakeholder responsibility. And second, that we collaborate. And this is the reason why you find many opportunities here during the meeting to engage into very action and impact-oriented initiatives to make progress related to specific issues. Do you notice how insane both of those clips were, by the way? Do you understand that? I think you do. But notice how both of those people would probably be on the same side of this quote-unquote wealth tax debate. Except for the ultra-wealthy, like Klaus Schwab, like a George Soros or an Elon Musk, to, he, here's the deal. To all of you, you, you earn money in the United States of America. You pay taxes in the United States of America, right? <clears throat> if you truly care, like you say you do, or you truly want to quote-unquote pay your fair share, how many of you send in a check every year or every month or every quarter to the U.S. Department of Treasury? How many of you send that check in beyond what you are technically supposed to pay? How many of you send in that check for multi-millions of dollars? How many of you send it in for a dollar beyond what you're supposed to owe? How many of you don't hire an accountant to make sure that you get, through every single loophole and every single machination of the United States tax code, and pay income tax, not wealth, income tax, at the lowest rate humanly possible? How many of you don't do that? Now, I got done, just got done talking about moral failings, right? And how you don't get to lecture people if your moral failings are the same as what you are trying to lecture on, at least if you're not repentant. So, to each and every single one of these wealthy people, that millionaire UK individual, to Klaus Schwab, to everybody who is earning money and paying taxes in the United States of America, that has this viewpoint. I challenge you. Send a check to the United States Treasury. The United States Department of Treasury. There's a P.O. box that you can send it to. You don't even have to say anything. You can just submit the check. So whatever you want to donate to the United States Department of Treasury, have at it, Hoss. Have at it. You can do so. Put your money where your mouth is, or otherwise, shut up. Shut the hell up. It's just that simple. Just that simple. I, I, I don't know 
what else other than that to tell you? But this concept that somehow wealth and income are the same is the insane thing here. Because it turns out that if you do a straight up apples to apples comparison, income to income, it is oftentimes true because if you take a look, who pays 90% of all income taxes in America? The top 1%. Excuse me. They pay 40%, the top 1%. The top 10% of income earners pay 90% here in the United States of America. So how does that happen if the wealthy are not paying their fair share, if it's just the working stiff who's getting stiffed? We have the most progressive income tax in the world. In fact, other places have much flatter taxes. Now, we can argue over that tax rate being way too high, but guess who creates more of a burden on the working stiff? Do you think taking 60% of the $40,000 that somebody earns versus 60% of $40 million which one has a greater impact on that person making $40,000 or, or uh, that person making $40,000 never actually paying any actual income tax because that's a huge percentage of the population, by the by. A huge percentage of the population here in the United States that pays zero income tax at all. In fact, most people are getting a refund on their income taxes because they've overpaid or they owed nothing in actuality. I, I, I just, I, I don't get it. But you have to pay attention to these people because they believe that because they are quote unquote rich and powerful, that they are going to shape this. No, 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 no. Nope, nope, nope. We're going to pay attention to your globalized future and again, to that proxy war that is happening in Ukraine. That proxy war between international monetary authoritarianism or national monetary authoritarianism. And we have talked about the differences. The differences is the World Economic Forum believes that everybody should be globally put together and there's one way to control the monetary system. Whereas Russia believes that Russian nationalism should run that and that they should make their Russian money as powerful as possible and that each and every other state should do the same. For instance, China has subscribed not to the World Economic Forum vision of all of this, but to Russia's version of all of this. The whole point in all of this is what? They don't care about you and I. They don't care about any of us. 
they will crush us like a bog in their pursuit of their own personal power, as much as they say it's not about you. But then he uses it's about us in that statement, right? Klaus Schwab, it's about us, the powerful, the rich, getting our way and making sure that our selves are protected. Just like when you look at the history of Marxism and the history of communism, who are the people who benefit and get rich? Who are the people who end up benefiting? It is not the people at the bottom, the proletariat, right? It is not you. It's not I. It's not any of those working stiffs out there. It's the people who were in the positions of power that put the system in place, that end up being the rich, that end up being the cream of the crop of the society. No rising tide lifting all boats. It's just insane. But with all of that having been said, I hope each and every single one of you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Tomorrow is a WTF Wednesday here on the show. Uh, so be prepared for that. I will see you tomorrow. Until then, please be smart, be safe, be kind. And as always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.